Shining a light on the women creating impact, leading organizations, and mission-focused strategic programs across the federal technology and consulting community, this is Impact. I'm being joined today by Jody Duger. She's a leader in the cybersecurity field and currently functioning as the first Chief Information Security Officer at the National Institutes of Health Center for Information Technology, as well as the Acting Deputy Director. Jody brings a wealth of experience and expertise and uses new and innovative methods and solutions to address long-standing challenges and issues. Jody, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This is a great opportunity, and I'm happy to participate. Wonderful. So why don't we jump right in? Um, we're talking all about leading for impact. You have a very impactful job, and I'd like to congratulate you on your new role as acting deputy director and certainly continuing to lead the way as the chief information security officer. Can you share a little bit more about the work you're leading and the things that your organization is hyper-focused on as we kick off FY23? Sure. And thank you for that. It's a great opportunity for me as well. It's also a great learning experience. And um, as we all know, we there's lots of flux in the environment with our current director and CIO, Andrea Norris, uh, leaving. And she set a, a great tone for the NIH in, in the last 10 to 11 years that she's been here. So it's hard to follow those footsteps and, and also follow the footsteps of my predecessor, Stacey Album, who was a great role model for me and in taking this role as well. So, you know, a lot of what we're looking for to make some decisions on and, and also try to figure out what is the way forward is the future of work. You know, not only how to secure the future of work, but what is the right thing to do? Which direction do we move in? And, you know, how do we foster the the same kind of experience one would have when you're completely on site to what we've transitioned to through COVID, which is completely off site? But now what is the right model for the future of work? Is it a hybrid? Is it? Yeah, I'm guessing it'll be some sort of hybrid model. But how do we get that same experience and experience? And the, the, the type of experience one would have on site, how do we foster that in a, in a hybrid situation? But that's, that's, um, an important factor for us. And, and really, if we look at the, the research out there, especially for our millennial and our younger generation to come, it's not just about money anymore. It's, it's really about purpose. And do they find purpose in the organization that they're, that they're in? And do they find purpose? as an individual contributing to the work that, that that their role plays in the organization and how does that role impact the the larger organization and the mission so we're really trying to focus on you know how do we how do we do that you know how do, how do we you know at all levels of the organization because leaders is very obvious oh yeah you know the, the work that i do i'm very clear on how it affects the the mission and, and nih as a whole but that might not be true for all all levels of organization that's great jody thank you so much for that perspective and in aligning with that topic as well um this is all about impact um and leading for impact um and the future of work um but let's talk a little bit about you and I just wanted to find out from you if there was an experience or an event that you believed helped steer you down your current path 
Sure. So there's lots of experiences. You know, I think every experience is that's what life's all about is, is the experiences. Some may feel positive and some may not feel positive at the, at the time. But, you know, when you look back at uh, everything that's happened and transpired in your life, everything had a purpose and a, and a reason for it. And, you know, one of my most developmental opportunities was actually uh, my previous role at the at the NIH, not not the current role. Uh, that was my first supervisory uh, type of position. You know, I've been team leads and in leadership positions before, but that was my first supervisory position. And I had the benefit of starting a, a completely new program and building the security program there at the institute from the ground up. So that was a great opportunity. But I didn't have the privilege of, you know, hiring the staff right off the bat who whom I would have chosen. You know, I had inherited um, a few selected candidates. And it was interesting because when you when you're put in a position where the candidates that you're leading and supervising had applied for your position and, you know, was not selected, it's it's a very it's a little bit of a challenging dynamic. And but having gone through that really set me up for success. And actually, those same candidates that were challenging, you know, at the end of the day, you know, when we were transitioning uh, jobs and positions, really thanked me for all the experiences and and for me not quitting because uh, I think that was the number one thing for me. It's like, well, is this too much to handle? Do I really want this job? You know, I can go somewhere else. But I kind of stuck with it for, you know, for eight years. And they they were very thankful for that because I think in, in essence, I taught them a lot of lessons that, you know, if you're and I actually uh, set up the pro- the security program there, and I realized that they were at a position, they were at the same level uh, for several years, and I noticed that hey, they really need to be at a at a higher level. So I almost ended up pretty much fighting for them to get that level, which I think they appreciated. So it, it kind of helped me to realize that you know these experiences are there for you to learn from. You know, and you can't just brush it off or you can't just like, oh, I wish this wasn't happening and maybe I could do something to get rid of it. It's like, what can I do? What's the best thing I can do? Not just for myself, but for my team and for the organization. And how how can I lead, you know, heartfelt leading? I feel their pain. You know, no one wants to be in a position where you had applied for something and you didn't get it. Right. So it, it was trying to build those soft skills in me that that I felt that maybe I didn't have before, which now led to this position. And then now, you know, I'm leading a much larger organization and you could see some similar challenges, but now I feel like I have the right tools to do that. That's awesome. And you've really focused on the people and certainly process that you put in place. I know that you're also driving technology, um, innovative methods and solutions to address longstanding challenging issues. Eight years ago, the cyber posture was a little bit different. Well, maybe not different, but really needed the attention. And it has probably evolved and changed in terms of that maturation process, right? In terms of how you're identifying those different areas that you've really got to uh, make an impact. So can you talk a little bit more about that synergy between the people, the process, and that technology piece and the importance of those three things? 
yeah, it's, it's a triad, right? Just like everything is connected. Um, you know, I always bring it back to the, the person as a whole, you know, like just like how your mind, body and energy is connected. So is, you know, people process technology in, in the cyber world and also the technology world. And a lot of times it, it, it boils down to, or people think it's just like a people issue. Like, oh, we don't have enough resources. And that may be true, but that's not always true. So we, we did a, a gap analysis. I've actually, I've done this in, in multiple organizations now, and it's not just, you know, how many people and resources do you need, but what are we doing right now? Are we doing it most effectively and efficiently? And are we factoring, are we embedding security into everyone's roles? Because if you only leave it up to the cyber teams, yeah, it becomes a resource issue. We will never have enough resources to be 100 percent, you know, cyber safe across the board. But when you start really uh, going back to the principles of enabling other and empowering other people to see their role in security, and this could be anyone, like, you know, the previous institute was uh, purely healthcare focused, right? So you were talking to doctors, nurses, uh, researchers, scientists, like all kinds of different stakeholders who thought they played no role in security. Like they were just there, their mission is to you know, help, you know, find cures. But then when, when you really talk to them, like, no, you, you actually play a great role in security because by you not clicking on certain links or, you know, kind of thinking twice before you do something and putting the whole organization at risk, here's what you can do instead. And here's also the technology we can put, uh, you know, to try to mitigate, uh, prevent or detect security uh, issues. But technology isn't, isn't a magic bullet. It's not going to solve everything for you. So it really does come down to people do they know the process do we have a process is everyone following the process does the process need to be changed um you know and and really staying on top of all of that so i know technology people think of okay it's easy to stay on top of that because as you know you're looking at what's the latest thing out there is it going to solve our problem but it really isn't just that you really have to stay on top of the process you have to stay on top of the people you know embed security into everyone's roles and really get them excited about it and not make them feel scared about you know this is something i don't know or it's you know it's like what you see in the tv with the black hoodie hackers like that's not it at all and and i think these days that everyone's using technology our kids are using technology so so with technology comes the cyber part, right? You can't have technology without having some sense of it, how to keep it safe and how to keep it secure, how to keep your kids secure, how to keep yourself secure, you know, how to keep all your data, whether it's personal data or in the work front, your, your work data, you know, what are some easy things that every user can do regardless of their roles? That's awesome, Jody. So Let me just take that question one step farther. So what's the most important thing then for leaders to keep in mind as they're guiding teams, driving organizations forward, taking a look at that bigger picture, right? Yes. And, you know, as as you know, I, I have multiple different hats that I put on, you know, in addition to my career in IT, and I'm also a, a wellness, a life and wellness coach. And, you know, I truly value leaders putting their own self-care and their wellness first, because they are not only leaders of themselves, but they're also leaders of their employees or organizations, and they need to be able to lead well from within, which which means they need to be able to be the role models, not just from a not just from their role at work, but also 
tried to, you know, show their employees that, you know, work isn't the only thing in your life. And especially with the whole future of work uh, concepts now, there's lots of uh, research out there. Like before work was something separate and then you know, your home and your, your, the rest of your life was something separate. And then things started, you know, blending together uh, through COVID. And now, you know, work, life, you know, all these other uh, aspects of your life all kind of, you know, merge together. And you have to find purpose in everything that you do. Um, otherwise, people, you know, are, are leaving. It's no longer like, I, I just need a job to get paid, right? That's, that's not really the, the priority anymore. You know, so it's, it's really kind of going back to if you are a, a leader in your space, you have to um, walk your talk. So, you know, I, I have quick meditation sessions with my staff. And then, you know, if they're going on vacation, like they're on vacation. So you should have built up the redundancy in your, in your teams, but, you know, not worry about one person's out. And so now all of that work has to stop. Um, that's not a great way of, of leading, right? So, so, you know, when that person's on vacation, allow that person to enjoy their vacation, not be sending emails to them like, well, you're the only person that knows this and we need you to respond to this. And you're kind of on vacation, but you're still kind of working like that, you know, so, and I also try to model that behavior, you know, to the best of my ability, <laughs> uh, you know, maybe stay and, you know, just kind of casually look at email, but, you know, I, I set up my, I empower my own leadership under me, like, hey, you don't need me to solve every single problem. So, you know, make the best decision you can at the time and empowering, you know, um, the, the people under you to do that. And also, you know, just looking at the, if you, if you have to put in some long days, fine, but not making that like a daily habit of your sending emails at 10 o'clock at night or 12, you know, staying up till midnight trying to, you know, focus on, on work. So it's, it's really comes to that. You know, if you're, if you're happy, if you're happy from within and you're, and you're leading well from within, then that's going to resonate with your staff. And that's the kind of message you're, you're giving to your staff too. Like you care about them as a, whole person, not just the work that they do or the role that they're in. Thank you, Jody. You and I have had a lot of nice conversations about mentors and the importance of mentors. Can you share a little bit more about mentors that have helped you along the way, maybe a story that you can share with us about a leader that really have made a significant impact and something that you took away and some advice that you'd give to others? Uh, sure. You know, I truly believe I've learned over the years. I used to think a mentor is just for a career purpose. And I've come to realize that there are, you really need mentors in all aspects of your life, you know, whether it's career for sure, but also, you know, in your personal life for sure, in whichever area that you feel like you need, you know, could use more guidance in. And I think for me, it was actually my, um, there were two mentors, um, specifically from a career per, uh, standpoint. One was actually my former, uh, boss who I'm now in the role of Stacey Album. We've shared a lot in common, uh, in, in our lives. Um, and it was one thing I learned from her, which I, which I'm still working on perfecting is, you know, just her ability to, uh, be calm and, and also be compassionate while still holding someone to the standards that are expected and, and, and also really being empathetic. And, you know, cause I've gone through a lot of traumas in, in my own life. And I, and I think I, at that point in time, so several, several years ago when I joined, 
I took a lot of pride in being, you know, independent and strong and resilient and felt like, oh, I can take on the world. I can, I can do anything. And we, we, we had this deep, uh, conversation once and she's like, yeah, you can do anything you want and you are strong and resilient, but you don't have to be, you know, in, in every situation. You can allow yourself to be vulnerable. And there's a lot, you're actually showing more strength by showing your vulnerability than you are by kind of putting up a strong front, right? And then and deep down you're, you're hurting. Because I think I was going through a very challenging and traumatic period of time the last couple of years. I was going through a divorce and I felt like, okay, I can't show any emotion at work. You know, I shouldn't let anybody else know what's going on and I can handle this. Otherwise I'm going to be seen as like a weak leader, you know, especially as a female. And she, you know, and, and you know, people can tell when you're not being your authentic self. Um, so when we had this conversation once, I kind of, you know, I, I actually just burst out crying. I'm like, oh, this is everything that's going on. And she's like, oh, I knew something was up, but you know, didn't want to cry too much. Like, oh, you know, Jody, that's, that's a, that's horrible. Like, you know, what can we do to help? And maybe we can start, you know, empowering other people because you, you're taking on too much, you know, and, and that was a great lesson for me. Like, oh, okay. So I can be vulnerable and people aren't going to think of me as any, anything weaker. In fact, that made me stronger. I built a stronger team. I know my colleagues were appreciative of that fact as well. And Andrea Nurse, I mean, she's a great mentor for me as well. And one of the things that she told me was was how she, you know, she's been working for more than 40 years now, you know, the government as well as private. And, you know, she said work was her number one thing. And that's all she knows how to do. And I'm sure she says that uh, pretty often. And she said, don't let that be the only thing that you do. And then and I think, I don't think I have that problem. I think I do multiple other things, but I had to kind of take a step back and you're like, am I doing these other things? Why am I doing these other things? You know, what is the actual purpose? Do I feel fulfillment? And, you know, is that my passion? And I really feel happy doing it or am I doing it for validity? So, you know, I started, get, you know, letting go, releasing everything that, really wasn't really resonating with me. I was just kind of doing it for the sake of doing it. And now I'm really focusing on the things I really love to do. And, you know, I I get a lot of rejuvenation from it. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. And how cool is that? Two amazing leaders um, that can help plow the trail in front, right? And bring it along. I mean, I, uh, you and I were joking around um, one day and I said, yeah, there are a group of women that just grabbed me by the back of my neck and they said, come on, Susan, we'll show you the way. And I'll, I'll never forget that experience and uh, how thankful I was and still am for the way that they mentored me all the way through. Even to this day, I could call them and say, hey, what do you think? And uh, they'll have a giggle and then they'll provide me with that direction. So and men and women, too. Yes. Um, yes. I, I, you know, just it's just so impactful for all of us. So, Jody, in closing, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our community? And we're all about leading for impact. Uh, you certainly make an impact every day. And I know are impactful uh, as a leader for your team, um, as a teammate and a colleague and um, certainly, you know, a member of our community. So anything else you'd like to share? Um, I would say, you know, when you have an idea, um, don't be afraid to be the only one with that idea and push that forward. You know, you, you know, you don't have to feel like you have to fit in and, and go with the flow and, and, and be afraid of 
presenting your ideas and actually making it happen. You know, sometimes you might be alone in it, but as you plow through, things will start picking up and you'll, you'll gain that support and momentum as you go along. And I've had to do a lot of things in my life where, you know, I presented something and then everyone thought I was crazy, but then, you know, I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm just going to keep moving forward on this. And then eventually it, you know, it, it, it's a, now it's like a self running machine and then people start seeing, oh, this is, this is, what she was talking about. So don't be afraid to to start something. You know, you, you might not be able to change the world, but you might be that catalyst that that causes a change in the world. I love it. Jody, I love the opportunity to always have these great conversations together. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Please be sure to check out our other podcasts, Keeping IT Brief and Afternoon Tea, available on your podcast providers or on fedhealthit.com. Mm-hmm.